The Longbox Crusade presents Fan Bill Fridays. I'm Clinton Robison, and welcome to Fan Film Fridays. Of course, being down in this basement, it's hard to tell sometimes what day it really is. Could be Monday. I hate Mondays. You and me both, buddy. Did I just hear what I thought? Nah, 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 surely not. I mean, there's nobody here but me and one of Jason's cats. Oh, so you think you're talking to yourself? Well, aren't I? No, you gotta look over here, not at the cat. Oh, well, I'll be darned if it isn't. Al Sedano. It is, trust me. Well, what brings you to the basement? And speaking of, how did you get in? Uh, I was looking for the Longbox crew. They all left their wallets in my house. I didn't know they've been over there. Yeah, whatever. And as for the door, I popped the lock with Delvin's American Express. Uh, don't, don't worry about it, though. I, I promise I'll fix it before I leave. I'm sure you will. Stupid thing seems to get an upgrade every time it opens and closes, too. Anyway, well, since you're here and... They obviously aren't. You want to kill a few minutes with a fan film? Well, it's either that or, you know, talk to Rick Heineken and no telling what he want me to do. Uh, watch big budget movies, drink beer, and read Power Pack? Yeah, I, I can totally understand your reluctance. So, do you have any experience with fan films? Some, but more minimal. I've watched a few of them, but not many. Um, Troops, when it first came out. Or maybe not when it first came out, but a few years afterwards, because I bought it off of a... Uh, it was like a VHS at a convention. Oh, um, wow. Really? I remember... Remember those? I know. Uh, I did see the uh, South Park thing before the, the show came out. If you remember, then that was kind of like making the rounds around the internet and stuff. The initial oh, uh, South Park episode before they got before they were on Comedy Central. And a few other random ones, but not really... Not too experienced with it. Okay. So, uh, what do you know about Garfield? Now, that I got a bit more experience with. So, growing up, we had always, for some reason, we had, like, the first 20 to 30 of the Garfield books. So, we always had those, and then there was the Halloween special, and, of course, watched Garfield and Friends when it was on. So, I remember, so, actually, it was one of the shows, I would do this for some shows, which explains why I like podcasts. Uh, I would tape them, but not... Well, I mean, I would tape them, too, sometimes on the VCR, but not just that. I would actually get my cassette recorder and record the shows. And then at night, like, I was going to sleep since I'll still be awake for a while. I would put on, like, recordings of shows I watched and play them. Sound like Pat Sampson with the Indiana Jones stuff. Great minds. So, I mean, I, obviously, I have not wa I'm not watching. I haven't really watched any of the newer Garfield comp cartoons, but I did like Garfield and Friends a lot. Okay, well, you're in luck. Because today's fan film of choice is 
Arbuckle, a Garfield fan film. Arbuckle is a 2019 fan film directed by Quentin Hoover. It stars Quentin Hoover as John Arbuckle, Bird as the voices of Norm the Gnat and Freddy the Fruit Fly. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> Kyle King as Lyman. Bryn Daniel Hulbert as the voice of Garfield. Dorothy Page as Liz. And Virginia Fields as Ellen, with Ferris the Cat as Garfield and Ethel the Dog as Odie. The music was by Patricia Taxon, and animation segments by Benjamin Basic. At the time of recording, this film boasts a healthy 87,200 views on YouTube. It runs an equally healthy 23 minutes, so about the same amount of time it would take for a classic episode of Garfield and Friends. This is the point where we highly encourage everybody to pause here, check out the show notes for the link, and go watch the fan film. Don't worry, we'll wait here for those 23 minutes. Why? Because it's always more fun when everybody is on the same page for the reviews, and quite frankly, Al and I are going to spoil the plot and surprises of this film pretty much all throughout our discussions. Everybody back and ready? Good. The film starts with our protagonist, John Arbuckle, sitting down to create some art. Unfortunately, John has some uh, creative blocks, and he can't quite shake them. In an animated segment, we meet John's comic strip character, Norm the Gnat. As John's friend Lyman, who recently shaved his mustache at his wife's behest, looks over the comics, he comes to the same conclusion we do. Uh, this kind of sucks. After a brief discussion over the comic, we learn that John has been interested in Garfield's vet, Liz, and Lyman and his wife have recently gotten a dog. Later, John pours over more comics of Norm the Gnat and Freddy the Fruit Fly, forcing them upon Garfield in an attempt to get any feedback at all. Upon hearing a response from Garfield, John realizes he might need to get out more. Cut to Lyman and John, complete with button-up shirt and bow tie, attending a house party. In traditional John fashion, he 100% dorks it up while trying to talk to Ellen. She's honestly willing to overlook a ton of his foibles until he spouts a terrible pickup line. Very understandable Ellen. Thankfully, John happens to run into Liz at the party. The two manage to reconnect, and she seems genuinely concerned that she hasn't seen John or Garfield at the office lately. John walks Liz to her car, and the two have a wonderful conversation, which leads to a potential date. The next day, John discusses things with Garfield and decides to scrap his Norm the Nat comic. Things are possibly looking up for John, until he hears Garfield's voice again. In a post-credits sequence, John gets a knock on the door. Lyman's regrown the mustache, his wife has kicked him out, and he's come to live with John. Oh, and he's brought the dog with him. And that is, essentially, Arbuckle, a Garfield fan film. And since people are clearly tired of hearing me ramble on at this point, Al, what did you think of this? Well, this was interesting. Um, I wasn't sure what to, which way I was going to go first, because I knew that there was a voice for Garfield, so I thought it was going to be a little funnier like i mean it was there was some fun, definitely some funny bits but i thought it was going to be more trying to be like the real life 
John with Garfield. So I thought he was going to hear Garfield talking a lot more. But this is kind of going more in the vein of uh, if you've anyone's ever heard of the Garfield without Garfield, which I don't know if it's still being made, but it was a you know what I'm talking about. Yes, right? yes. I w- was hoping somebody would you know mention that. Well, somebody, either you or me. Yeah, but <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, to my knowledge, it is still occasionally updated. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know that, Garfield without Garfield is basically another artist taking the Garfield strips and removing Garfield and his word balloons from it. So it's basically just John talking to himself, and it becomes all of a sudden very sad and lonely. Yes, some are very hilarious, and some are very, well, as you said, sad. Because you either have to go two ways of Garfield. You either have to assume that Garfield is interacting with John and does have that intelligence, or John is talking to a normal cat. And having these debates and arguments with a normal cat, in which case, it's John has problems. <laughs> and I mean, I can understand that a bit. I talk to my dog, but and maybe there's occasional arguments, but nothing that severe. Do you ask him to critique? No, <laughs> he will not. He will not sit. They, neither one of them will sit still with the headphones on to listen to my editing to see if it sounds good. So uh, there's no point. They apparently have better things to do. But it was interesting. I mean, it was definitely a. Like I said, it was definitely a behind. It was supposed to be like I guess the before Garfield. Um, it kind of was. Actually, it was a fan film. I just realized I for, I did see that. I forgot. It was a, like a George Lucas origin movie. <laughs> are, you, are you talking about George Lucas in Love? That's it. I do have that. I have that DVD somewhere. Oh, that is a one. Yeah, where basically everyone he meets is you can basically see who they are in Star Wars. Yes. Ending with him making out the girl, and then his mother shows up at his dorm room and going, "That's your sister." Which is uh, so, yeah. Which is both hilarious and uh, how did you not know? <laughs> exactly. But so it kind of reminds me of that, you know, the pre Garfield story. Yeah, I I can see that. I mean, I was kind of thinking it more as like Garfield's Inception sort of thing. Like, oh, we're looking at you know the the John Arbuckle that is. Yeah, and we that is the real John, and we've only been reading about cartoon John, and maybe I'm reading more into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, but I mean, it's very much like you can definitely, if you read the Garfield strip, you can see where he's getting all the influence from. I mean, he's definitely read, remembered the early ones, because that's where Alignment was. Because mm-hmm. that was a character is only in the first several years. I remember him. Yep, and Lyman definitely has a huge mustache. He He is the source for John getting Odie, because... At one point, Lyman yeah. does move out, and Odie just stays. Yeah, in typical comic strip fashion, Lyman just goes away. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of like Richie's brother on Happy Days. He just sort of yeah. disappears. Or the younger sister on Family Matters. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. If you wanted to bring up Family Matters, when, when they uh, jumped networks from ABC to CBS at the final season, it that, they lost like half the characters, I think. <laughs> I don't think I watched it then. I only watch, remember watching the first like two or three years, but nobody. Watched I do remember it that. That's why it went to CBS. <laughs> okay, that's why. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of those things they do where the characters just kind of vanish. It's like we're not going to talk about them anymore. Yep. John killed Lyman in an argument and buried him in the backyard. Oh, so do you have some highs, lows, what does about this? Yes. Yeah, so, so a low, I would say, is the opening. Now, if this was a movie that had folk that had like credits going on in the beginning. The opening would have been great, but it felt like the opening took a little too long if there were no credits, since there was nothing else happening. You're talking about the whole John creative block sequence, right? Exactly. Yeah, that was a low for me, too, because I'm looking at the the clock on this. I'm like, we are five minutes in. Nothing is happening. If nothing happens in like the next two minutes, I'm turning it off. 
Yeah. Now, if he had done the credits during that point, I would have been more fine with it because it would have worked. It would have made sense. It would have been that's something that happens a lot in movies. You know, you see the characters, they have something kind of doing something that relates to the movie, but nothing too important. So you have the, you know, while the credits are running, uh, like the opening of Clerks with just Dante getting dressed, mm-hmm. and, you know, walking in his room and getting, making his breakfast. That would have been kind of annoying to see if there were no credits happening. But since they were, from what I remember, there were credits going on during that point. It works. Yeah, something just to kind of break the monotony of it. Yeah, because you know it hasn't started yet. You know this is like the pre-opening. This is like watching, you know, when you have that part of the credits, it's like the opening title, opening opening uh, theme music and everything of a TV show. Exactly. So you're not expecting anything to happen during that point, really, when they're doing, you know, showing the stars and, you know, they turn around and smile big. Okay, maybe I'm dating some of my opening TV shows, <laughs> but whatever. Since half the time shows don't have that anymore. But for the shows that did have that or shows that still do have that, you know, you, you're not expecting anything big then. You know, or like that little bit that would happen like in the minute before the title credits. You know, it's just kind of a teaser, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But you don't. But you're wait. Then afterwards, you're expecting the episode to start. So I was waiting for this to start, and it didn't. So that is a low. Um, it, I do have a. High, I mean, high. I would say is the detail with it. I mean, he de- definitely was somebody who was a fan of Garfield. Like I said, he did read that stuff. He didn't just know the more popular stuff of it or the more, you know, that became when it as the strip became bigger and bigger mm-hmm. of just Garfield likes lasagna. And there's, there's Garfield and Odie and John, you know, he had Liz, he had Lyman knew Odie came from Lyman, all that stuff. So when you're doing a fan film or something, it's nice to know that, you know, it's like, Oh wow, they're, they're, they're a huge fan of this. Yeah, very much. So, um, personally a high for me was, uh, the moment when, uh, John's sitting there, and the background behind him changes colors. <gasps> yes! And I know a lot of people would look at that and say, well, isn't that some kind of poor editing choice? And it's like, no, this is the comic strip happening in real time. <laughs> yeah, if you want, if you read the color strips, it's not like John's house is painted the same way all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The background, the walls change color. And it's only for that one scene. Yeah. Oh, and I did also like his horribly awkward conversation with, what was her name, Ellen? Yes. Horribly awkward. That was painfully awkward, which was perfect, but, oh. Oh, yeah, and, and I mean, it, it wasn't like he just, you know, cribbed some of the John's pickup lines and everything from the comics or the specials. Like, you know, they fully went out of their way to to make it a relatable unrelatable kind of conversation, you know? And she's giving him a break with everything, and then he finally does that, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? And she's like, just, alright, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Have fun. Bye. Little side note, though, I always wanted one of those stupid watches when I was a kid. (laughs) Oh, they changed it to the robot? Yes. So did I. And then I, yeah, realized quickly I would have just been sitting there playing with the watch and not actually using it to tell time. Oh, God, no. Oh, and of course, with that party, then the outfit he's wearing, that white button-down shirt and the bow tie. Yes, that is 100% a John Arbuckle look. Is that what you're wearing? Yeah. Uh, yeah we don't have time to unpack all of this. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was amusing. It just wasn't, like I said before, it was amusing. It just wasn't hysterically funny. Right, and I don't think it's actually really intended to be like a no. full-on comedy, but it's not intended to be like some serious drama either yeah it's somewhere in the middle right it, it's basically uh somebody just said look let's uh let's see what would happen if you know 
the characters in Garfield were just slightly meta. Yeah, and slightly real. Mm -hmm. So Garfield is more of a real cat. I mean, they do make the illusion that he does feed the cat pasta. Yes. But at no point do you see the cat with a cup of coffee or doing anything non-cat-like. Or smoking a pipe, yes. Yeah. Speaking of comics that alter the Garfield formula, there, uh, there is a an account on Twitter that is like Garfield with a pipe or something and it takes just random Garfield strips and does like the first two panels and every third panel is that classic scene of the older style overly fat Garfield with a pipe sticking out of his mouth. Oh, I wonder what that why the pipe because I have that, that when he's talking to Lyman when Lyman's critiquing his uh, what was the guy's name again? Norm the Nat. Norm the Nat strip. Yeah, there's that pipe sitting there on the table. Mm-hmm. I thought it was more of an artist's allusion to that painting that says this is not a pipe. Ah. Because actually, hold on one second. One eternity later. Okay, I'm back. Okay. Okay, because I'm reading, I have here, if you've ever read it, Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. Oh, okay. So in chapter two of that, so page 24, if anyone is looking for it, he has a, he shows that picture of it. It's a literally just a picture of a pipe. And in French, it says, it's from a painting by Magritte, M-A-G-R-I-T-T-E, called The Treachery of Images. Uh, the, tr- the inscription is in French. Translated means this is not a pipe. And indeed, this is not a pipe. This is a painting of a pipe. And then actually, Scott McClough goes further to say, well, actually, no, that's not even a painting of a pipe. This is a drawing of the painting of a pipe. And it's like, actually, it's a printed copy of a drawing of a painting of a pipe. And I just that's just the first thing I thought of when I saw that pipe. I'm like, I wonder if he's kind of making some allusion to this you know, thing about art. Huh, possibly. Or maybe it's just me thinking too far into it. <laughs> you know, this is not a comic strip. I don't know, it's just the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Uh, directing it back to a low, and it, it's really kind of a nitpick more than a low, I guess, is you can tell that the guy that played John very recently shaved in order to play John. <laughs> you know, and apparently a very heavy beard at that, so... If you look on his YouTube page, yeah, you, there's images. I can see images of him with a heavy beard. Mm-hmm. But again, that that's a nitpick. And I, if you really think about it, you could kind of uh, apply that to John because I seriously doubt John R. Bruckle is the kind of guy that you know shaves any better at 30 than he does at 13. True, and he doesn't get out much, so who knows how often he shaves? That's true. Probably just whenever he has somebody coming over, or when he's going to the vet. <laughs> I did like the the actress that played Liz. Oh yeah, she was very good. I mean, none of the yeah. actors in this are bad. No, no, no one was bad. But I, I like the one that you know, I like the one that, like I said, that played Ellen. But I really like Liz. She did that. She was very nice. You can see her being somewhat interested in this dorky guy. I like Liz in this film better than I like Liz in the Garfield strips. Well, let's face it though, in the strips, the relationship between her and John is more like. John and Ellen was true. So you can kind of see why she's not too high on him. He, does, he he's not going to you know he's spending he, all the lines are on her. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she actually does occasionally go out on dates with him either is her desperation or her incredible patience, <laughs> um, kindness. One of the mm-hmm. two. So it is a better relationship in this movie than in the strip. Because he's not as horrible toward you know he's not as bad with her as he is with the other people with other people, but yeah, not really too many lows. Like I said, it wasn't bad. It was pretty good actually. Yeah, I mean, it was 
better than I expected it to be going in. I will honestly say that. Yeah, my main thing was I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, was I expecting Garfield without Garfield, or, or was I expecting Garfield and Friends, or like <laughs> what? What you know, what route were they going to take with this? I mean, for full disclosure on this, this was one of those one of those uh, films that I watched and just instantly went to Twitter and was like, "Huh, this was the most unexpected of things that I've watched lately." You know, very much uh, vague posting, but yeah, but it was it was amusing. Now, for a what the moment, I have I definitely have one. It's not that horribly what the, but it's the one thing that got me, which was. I'm very glad I didn't turn it off when the credits came on. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, to watch all the way to the Be- end. Because when it says who played the you know the name of the cat and the name of the dog, and my first thought was, what dog? There was no dog. Was there a dog? Did I, do I have to go back to the party scene? Is there maybe the dog in the background? And then you get to the end, you're like, oh, there's a dog. Because I was like, where, where is the dog? Mm-hmm. Like, I was sitting there thinking, like, am I going crazy? Did I miss this? Yeah, and I absolutely love the way Lyman just comes in. And he's like, hi, I'm going to be staying here for a little while. Can't pay rent. Here's a dog. <laughs> oh, hey, wait, what? <laughs> and the the huge fake mustache that he has on to show that he's regrown the mustache. Because I'm looking at it like, man, are are we doing this for comical effect? And then they they switch to the um, the strips showing Lyman in the comics, and it's like, oh my gosh, I forgot that it was that huge. Oh, horrible! And it looks like it goes up, goes from his lip to like above his ears. Mm-hmm directly it's so weird looking when you look at it fully i forgot how weird looking that was drawn and it should also be noted that uh in the credits they they dedicate the film to tartar sauce aka grumpy cat who had died recently earlier in uh 2019 yeah. and i suppose uh you and i should also um uh and this is horrible <laughs> for me to say i can't think of the the guy's actual name the actor who played squiggy he was um the voice of Doc Boy, John's brother, and the, the Garfield animated stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. he was. Yeah, he. Yeah, he played Doc Boy, and he died just recently at the time of this recording. And I'm horrible for not knowing his name. I'm so sorry for his memory here. Uh, David L. Lander. Oh. Okay. Yeah, David Lander. He played played Doc Boy, and so sorry to hear that. Yeah, David Lander. Yeah, squeaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking it up on IMDb. <laughs> Sorry, just Doc Boy's like one of my favorite characters from all of Garfield. I didn't realize that was him. Thing is, when I was a kid for the longest time, I had to wonder if that was uh, Bill Murray. <laughs> but no, it was Lawrence of Music. Mm-hmm. Or as my mom knew him, the, the doorman from Rhoda. Mm-hmm. But didn't they get him? Yeah, they did get Bill Murray. That's right, for the Garfield mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all because it was directed by somebody with the last name Cohen that he assumed was the Cohen brothers. <laughs> I did not know that. Or so the story goes. But we seem to be wandering off. So, um, obviously this is not exactly just something to show those who are completely unaware of Garfield. But, honestly, the the strip's been around for, give or yeah, take. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, you know, cultural osmosis. Everybody more or less knows what Garfield is. Well, yeah, there's Garfield, like the guy said in the beginning of the show, Garfield plushes, Garfield, you know... Macy's Thanksgiving Day balloons, mm-hmm. Garfield, you know, hanging off the Carl's window things, everything. Yep. Speaking of, did you ever have the Garfield phone? No, I did not. Well, why not, Al? Why not? Because my parents wouldn't buy it, and I spent more of my money in Cox. Well, I bet if you go digging around over there, I'm sure Jared has one, but I bet the eyes don't work anymore. Something. Plus, you know, who has a landline? 
That's true. <laughs> My parents. Yeah. Wow, they're going for like 40 bucks. <laughs> okay, well, I think that pretty well wraps it all up. Al, before you go to return all those, you know, missing wallets that I'm not convinced are, you know, innocently found their way to you, uh, let everybody... I, I resemble that remark. Ah, okay. Well, let everybody know where else they can find you. Well, unless you are the police... <laughs> Where you can find me is right. Uh, main place is my show, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. It's all about the Marvel comic characters, Adam Warlock and Thanos. It's right in the name, so you really should be surprised by what it's about. Uh, just go to whatever podcatcher you use and just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos will pop up. Uh, you go to our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, uh, or on Twitter, at AdamThanosPod. And I'm also on another show. It's not mine, but I'm on it. Uh, L-E-G-I-O-N P-O-D-Cast, which we're covering the late 80s, early 90s DC com- DC sci-fi comic Legion. Not Legion of Superheroes, but the acronym one. And you can find that on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters feed. Cool, cool. So, uh, you know, no real need to fix that lock, really. Oh, no, don't worry. It's no trouble at all. I'm actually pretty good with locks. Gee, thanks. Swell. Oh, well, at least I've started getting the Sunday newspaper comics page down here. You know, Jared Jarso finds get wrapped in these sometimes. Man, High and Lotus is still such a great strip. Wait, what do you mean they canceled Calvin and Hobbes? That was like 26 years ago. You can take that smart mouth with you too, Al. Yeah, whatever. Lock's all fixed. Later. Hmm, I could go for a giant sandwich too, Dagwood. Hey, what's this? Oh, looks like somebody just left their own wallet. Hmm. Now time to hit up Amazon, Al Sedano. Wait, why are all the card numbers filed down? Just how many locks are you popping, man? Don't worry, it's Delvin. It's Delvin's wallet. And I have it memorized. Want the number? (laughs) Tell me his name again. Thanos. I think I shall call him. But return to me again empty-handed, and I will bathe the starways in your blood. Thanks, Dad. Sounds fair. Korvac's power grows, as does his madness. He would have destroyed us all had I not pulled us into the soul gem. Then Thanos, I'm coming for you. After Xandar, you were going to kill my father? You dared to oppose me. You see what he has turned me into? You kill him, I will help you destroy a thousand planets. It's all right, Adam. We're here to help. Just stay cool. I don't want to be here! Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Five years and going strong. Every other week... Mostly. For all of your Adam Warlock, Thanos, or Marvel Cosmic needs. Find it on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. Resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com Adam Warlock. You cannot keep leaving your philosophy books open on the floor. I always trip on them in the middle of the night on my way to the can. 
Hey everybody, thanks for sticking around for the feedback portion of the show. Before I dive right in, I want to give a quick shout out to all the Crusaders Club members. Thanks for donating so much wonderful, wonderful money to this network. We couldn't do it without you folks. And thanks to the folks over at Omaha Bound. The people who will bind your comics, magazines, all that kind of fun stuff. And you too can be fancy, like Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, but not necessarily like me. Anyway, last episode, which if you'll remember, was Batman City of Scars with Laurel. That episode got all kinds of Twitter, Facebook, social media love from Christatos, Professor Frenzy, Kim Ellis, Jared Albrecht, Green Lantern HG, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout, Laurel herself, Delvin Williams, Chris Lydon, Billy Delicious, Maggie Schaefer Hames, Sean Ross, Into the Weird, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Hal Jordan, Pat Sampson, Paul Hicks, Trekker Talk, Kathleen Birkinshaw, and Batgirl Huntress Podcast. We got some feedback. Over on Twitter, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout says, Hooray, another episode from my brother podcast. Well, thanks, Rick, but uh, help a brother podcast out of the basement, maybe. You know, just do me a solid. Oh, and Jared Albrick says, I'm always getting blamed for Weasel Skull's doings. Um, yeah, yeah, but blame it on Jason. Yeah, I mean, that that's what I try to do, but nobody listens to me. And of course, Siskoid follows that up with, Jason, Jared, could your parents even tell you apart? <laughs> Oh, Weasel Skull himself chimed in and said, I learned this episode that the lovely mountain flower is indeed part of our legal affairs department. To which Laurel responded with, Yeah, no, I don't want this. Laurel chimed in again saying, Being a guest on this show was a pleasure. Such a great fan film to discuss. Thank you for having me. You'll get out of the basement someday. Laurel, I truly believe that. I truly do. Uh, except for, you know, there's like four, five, six, several people upstairs that don't want me to. And then we got Green Lantern HG, who was a little late to the feedback. That kind of surprised me, HG, but Green Lantern HG chimes in with, First off, Laurel is awesome. She should have been trapped in the basement with Clinton so she would never leave. Well, I'll just stop you right there, HG, and say... I would love the company, and I would love to have Laurel on the podcast more often, but I'm afraid she would kill me if she were trapped down here. And anyone between her and the exit. You have not seen how vicious she can be when she's backed into a corner. H.G. continues with, I'll have to settle for another guest appearance. Right, H.G., exactly. Second, great episode, guys. If when you reach a year into this and decide to do an award show, I nominate this film. Um... Not going to say it won't happen, HG, but uh, we'll just put that in the maybe folder for right now. So that pretty much wraps it up, folks. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for supporting this network. Thanks for just plain old being here, because otherwise I'm talking into the ether. So just go out there. Enjoy some fan films. If you, have, if you know of some fan films you want me to cover, suggest them. Send them in. I mean, there's stuff out there that I haven't discovered, I know. So, please, pass it along. 
So until next time, have fun, watch some fan films, and I'll see you on another Fan Film Fridays. Today you can take your telephone, your, your, your cell phone, and you can make a movie on that. And if it's a really cool movie that's funny and it's dramatic or whatever, you can post it on YouTube. If you want to make films and you want to tell stories, you can do it. with film and you love to tell stories and you love working in that medium, uh, then uh, that will give you the strength to be persistent.